Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Wellam. Dr. Wellam is a professor of Christian theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He is the author or co-author of a number of books, including God, the Son Incarnate, a formative book on the doctrine of Christ, Kingdom Through Covenant, a biblical theological understanding of the covenants, and the book we'll discuss today, Christ from Beginning to End, How the Full Story of the Scripture Reveals the Full Glory of Christ, which he co-authored with Trent Hunter. Dr. Wellam is a leading Southern Baptist theologian and serves as the editor of the Southern Baptist Journal of Theology. Dr. Wellam, it is a joy to talk with you today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, David. It's great to be with you. So I was reading an article earlier this morning uh, and about uh, Bible publishers, and they are starting to report that Bible sales really over the last few weeks that we've kind of been in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis have gone through the roof. I think Lifeway said that Bible sales were up something like 60% uh, as people are looking for some kind of hope and stability uh, during this kind of turbulent time that we're living through. Um, And so I, I think that most people believe they have a concept of what the Bible is. But when they actually sit down to read the Bible, they find it to be a little bit more complex or confusing than what they'd imagined it to be. And so as a theologian, you've spent much of your ministry and much of your life studying and teaching the Bible. And so as we begin, could you maybe give us a definition of what the Bible is and how we should approach reading it? Yeah, it's obviously a very important question. It's exciting to hear that uh, people are are reading the scripture, especially in the moment of crisis. But we have to you know, make sure that they uh, approach scripture and believe what it is, and then also interpret it correctly. And uh, if we were to say what the Bible is, right, our answer to that would have to go back to scripture and see what scripture says uh, for itself. And and the shorthand would be, uh, the Bible is God's word written. So it's his word uh, as a text, it's written uh, through the agency of human authors, right? So we have both God's word through the authors, the prophets and the apostles, and it's God's word written, which is thus, because it's his word, fully authoritative, true. Uh, It is what is the foundation to all of our thinking and all of our lives. Uh, We cannot say anything about God and his plan and who we are and the gospel apart from his self-revelation to us. So the Bible is his word for us through human authors. And then as we think about how the Bible has come to us, this will be crucial in its interpretation. So it's fully authoritative. So from beginning to end, the Bible is coherent. It's true. It doesn't contradict itself. I mean, that's going to impact how we read scripture. It's through human authors. It's given to us authors over time. Mm. And this is the notion of uh, progress of revelation. So God's word, the Bible didn't come to us all at once. God chose in his eternal plan and in his outworking of that plan to give us his word step by step 
through starting with Moses, through the Old Testament, through the prophets, the coming of the Lord Jesus, the gospel writers, the writers of the epistles. So it's written over time with a certain goal in mind, right? To tell us who the triune God is in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the purpose and the goal and the point of the Bible is to give us God's great and glorious uh, plan of salvation, who he is, who we are centered in the Lord Jesus. So you put all that together. The Bible is God's word written through human authors given to us over time, which now has come to a completed closed canon that is telling us about who he is, who we are, and who ultimately the Lord Jesus is. And so that's a sense of what the Bible is. And that will have, just by stating that, huge implications for how we interpret scripture and how we read scripture properly. And, uh, you know, we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's such a good, uh, robust, helpful definition of what we mean when we, when we talk about the Bible and, uh, you, you alluded to this, that this idea of progressive revelation, the Bible has come to us over time and the scriptures are divided into uh, an Old Testament and New Testament, the Old Testament largely telling the story of God's dealings with the nation of Israel and the New Testament, the story of the gospels and the early church. And I think when most people uh, today read the Bible, uh, they can uh, understand, at least at a basic level, the stories and the message of the New Testament. Um, but the Old Testament can be a little bit more challenging to the modern mind. And this has led some, even really within evangelicalism, to kind of somehow discredit or de-emphasize or devalue the importance of the Old Testament to the Christian faith. And so you've co-authored this book called Christ from Beginning to End, How the Full Story of the Scriptures Reveal the Full Glory of Christ. And so how do the Old Testament and the New Testament work together to tell the complete story? Yeah. I think the simplest way is to is to say that the Old Testament functions as the foundation, the backdrop, the the setting. I mean, it's doing more than that, but you cannot understand the New Testament. You can't understand who Jesus is apart from the Old Testament. Right. This is why it's so serious when people try to unhinge, you know, the Old Testament uh, from the New. Uh, you could not understand. Just think of uh, Matthew 1, where Jesus is introduced in the opening genealogy, right? He is the son of Abraham, the son of David. What does that mean? Right. Well, it, you have to have the Old Testament tell you that, right? So the Old Testament is God's revelation through the prophets, right? Through Moses and all the prophets. That is, you know, his word to you know, the nation of Israel primarily, but it is setting the stage, giving the foundation, the building blocks, part of the unfolding plan that is absolutely essential to understand who Jesus is. And even the terms Old Testament, New Testament, that word testament really is picking up the notion of, of covenant. And, and it's important to see that as you work through the unfolding revelation of God, this notion of progressive revelation, starting with uh, Moses and what he has written. We start in creation. Uh, we see who Adam is. We see the unfolding of what the impact of sin, the impact of the fall. Uh, God as the covenant God, creator, and covenant God who has entered into relationship with the human race in Adam, and then ultimately with the fall, with uniquely a redemptive theme through Abraham, the nation of Israel, 
through the covenants. Those become crucial in the Old Testament to establishing the new covenant and what mm. Jesus is doing and, and uh, how God is making everything new and fulfilling his promises from the Old Testament. You think of uh, Abrahamic promise that through Abraham, all the nations will be blessed, right? So the church then is an international people. Well, where does that come from? It comes from the Abrahamic promise. But even before Abraham, it comes from Genesis 3.15 and in yeah. a kind of seed form. God is not going to let the human race just disappear in sin. He is going to provide a seed of the woman who will bring a reversal of sin and death that all establishes the context, the framework to understand Jesus and his work. And apart from the Old Testament, we really have no understanding of, of the New Testament. So it's crucial. You have a whole Bible, uh, old and new. It's all of God's revelation. And you can't understand one part without the whole. Yeah. And that's crucial in our reading of Scripture. Yeah, I, you know, if Jesus has come, like he says, to fulfill the law and the prophets, it's important for us to know what the law and the prophets have spoken of, right? Uh, and to understand Jesus's statement of fulfillment there. And uh, I think that's so important. It leads kind of into the next question of of the Bible. Like any literary work was not written in, nor was it intended to be read in a vacuum, right? And so context is incredibly important to reading and understanding the scriptures. And and in the book, you talk about, uh, I think in a really creative way, looking down, looking back, and looking ahead in relation to context. And so could you unpack this a little bit for us and talk about why it is important to read the Bible in context and, and what those contexts are that the reader should consider? Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely crucial, right? Obviously, when we read any book, but particularly scripture, right? So what we want to avoid is taking the Bible out of context, right? Do you hear that often in a misreading of scripture? You haven't you know, done justice to the context or you've ripped it out of context and so on. So this is crucial. It also follows um, from what we said earlier of what the Bible is, right? It's God's word through human authors given to us over time. Now, that over time element of the progress of revelation means that God has, we know from Scripture, an eternal plan. Right? He knows mm -hmm. the end from the beginning. Uh, he's planned it all, and then he works out his plan in creation of a stage, a world, uh, enacting his plan on the stage of human history, uh, working through the Old Testament era, the coming of Christ, and so on. So we have to then locate uh, every book of scripture we read. We have to place it. Where are we in the unfolding plan? Yeah. And as God's plan unfolds, more revelation is given. It builds on one another. It's often compared to like a mystery novel. You don't read uh, ch 10 chapters of a mystery novel by starting in chapter 10. You need the first nine chapters to set you up for chapter 10. And so context is really, I think, helpfully seen in three areas. You have the looking down, the immediate, the direct context, and that really is the book. Now, we often still, in our reading of Scripture, fragment you know, individual verses and paragraphs, uh, chapters, but we need to think of chapters and verses in terms of books, right? And that would be the first context. What is God saying through this author? Um, and even then, we, um, especially in the Old Testament, uh, the concept of a 
book, right, uh, is, is, is uh, especially in the first five books, we have to think of this carefully because you, you should never read Exodus independent of uh, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy because right. Moses gives you one book. Now, it, it's sure. in five, but we should always be reading Exodus, not only read Exodus as Exodus, but in terms of the entire five books, right, because that's one book. The book of Psalms is very similar to this as well. We shouldn't read these as individual psalms. It's one book that's given to us as Holy Scripture. So the direct context is what the author has said in their book. And so we then think carefully about how the whole book works, chapters, verses in a book. But then the second context, because later authors under inspiration build on earlier authors. Isaiah comes after Moses. Sounds basic. But in coming after Moses, he builds on the previous revelation. He's taking it forward. God is disclosing and revealing himself more. And then, of course, that, you know, in each reading books, you have to say, where are we in the plan? Where are we in the covenant relationships and so on? And then the final context is how we are to read the Bible and, and draw application for our life is in terms of the whole Bible. Right. We don't just take passage of context, but eventually we have to say, what does the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, the canon of Scripture, what does it say? And from there, we then apply the whole Bible to our lives in light of the unfolding revelation, promises that are given, fulfillment that comes in Christ. That's how we read the Bible Christianly, mm -hmm. and we actually um, you know, draw correct conclusions. If we take it out of context— and don't work through those three contexts, uh, we inevitably will misread the Bible, misapply it, and it can be very dangerous uh, depending on the issue that we're looking at. Yeah, uh, we talked about this just a minute ago, just the the, com the Bible as a complete story, right? It's telling this one story and, and to, to fragment the Bible and to pull things out of, of their context and to not view them in the overall context of the story uh, is where we, we get into trouble, I think, hermeneutically. And so um, as we talk about the Bible kind of telling this one story, and that's the story of God's redemptive work in the world, uh, one of the things, though, that you write in the book is the Bible presents us with more than a story. It introduces us to a person. Uh, and so the story of the Bible is revealing Jesus to us, and that reality shapes the way that we read, interact with, and teach the scriptures. Um there's a little bit of debate among evangelical scholars about how extensively we should apply a Christ-centered her hermeneutic to our reading and teaching, but but I wondered if you would just help us by sharing what is a Christ-centered hermeneutic and and then how we can apply it faithfully to our reading and our teaching of the scriptures. Yeah, yeah good question. There's a lot of discussion on this and there's a lot of uh, misuse, right? Um, when we talk about a Christ-centered hermeneutic, uh, we're speaking about what Jesus himself says uh, in the New Testament, we're just simply being faithful to his words. And uh, everything that's said about him is that uh, all that's preceded has anticipated him, has led us to him. He is the fulfillment, as you said, of the law and the prophets. Uh, you think of a Hebrews 1, in the past, God spoke, referring to the Old Testament era through the prophets. But in these last days, that fragmentary, incomplete revelation has now come to fullness in the Lord Jesus. So a Christ-centered hermeneutic is rightly seeing that the entire plan of God, and of course, 
we speak of God as the triune God, the Father bringing about his will through the Son, by the Spirit, but it's centered in the coming of the Son in history, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God becoming human, taking on our humanity, winning for us our salvation, and all of that is anticipated uh, in the Old Testament. So a Christ-centered hermeneutic is reading the story of Scripture, the plan of God as it unfolds, centered in the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, the best way to do that is not to find, you know, hidden meanings here and there, to find words and take them out of context. The best way to do this is to read the Bible in context, right? Mm. Is to let the story of Scripture unfold itself, to let the first five books as a whole unit start where Moses starts, in creation. The God who creates Adam, image bears, the, the reality of the fall, the promises of God, right? Genesis 3.15 is a promise that gets unfolded and developed. And, and it's sort of like a, a seed that reaches full bloom as you get to the coming of Christ. But initially, you have this promise of another Adam, right? A seed mm, of the woman yeah. who will crush that of the serpent. But we don't know much. But as you work through the covenants and you go through Noah and Abraham and Israel, more and more detail is given. It's not detail that we make up. It's detail that's already there so that, you know, the leaders of Israel ultimately anticipate uh, the great one to come, this seed of the woman. The seed of the woman comes through Abraham's line. The seed of the woman will be the son of God in a greater way than Israel was. The seed of the woman will be the great Davidic king, the prophet, the priest, the king. Well, the Old Testament lays those out as you carefully work through the covenants, trace the unfolding revelation. That's how you have a Christocentric hermeneutic. Christ is centered. It's not that, you know, every verse is fit and and you make him fit. It's it's a story unfold. And it also, the whole plan of God is leading to a certain end. Sometimes this is called Christotelic in the sense that it's leading to a certain goal end. And that's how we are to read scripture, but carefully letting it unfold, letting the storyline unpack, placing the covenants in their proper order so that they're building on one another, letting the prophets, all of the writing prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and so on, all write post-Davidic covenant. They're building off of how the promises of God have unfolded all the way through David. Yet David in the Old Testament, David's greater son begins to take on the very identity of the Lord. And and that becomes the seedbed to the coming of Jesus, the eternal son who becomes the son of God in his humanity. He's the eternal son who takes on our humanity as son and wins for us our salvation. That's how you read the Bible Christocentrically and uh, properly, I think. Uh, so helpful and, and so good to think about reading the Bible Christocentrically and Christotelically, as you said, that it's all kind of moving towards this and where it reveals Jesus to us. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are Bible readers. So I'll make an assumption there. A lot of our listeners are Bible readers, some probably with more knowledge of the scriptures than others. But but I would assume that most, if not all, are interacting with the Bible regularly. And so how would you maybe encourage someone to grow as both a diligent reader and a faithful interpreter of the scriptures? Yeah, a great question. And of course, that's the goal, right, is that we 
we know God's word better and we obey it in our lives and, and apply it all, every aspect of our life. We want to apply it the way God intends for it to be applied, right? Uh, so I think the best way to, to give advice on the reading of scripture is to, is to read scripture over and over and over again. Mm. Um, and not reading it just simply in little fragments, right? That's not how you're to read uh, a book of scripture. You're to read it as an entire book. Uh, so when you read the first five books, you know, you're reading individual books, but you're saying, how does this fit in terms of what Moses is giving to us in terms of the entire, you know, five books, right? So you're reading really according to those horizons. So you're reading books as books, right? So inevitably that's chapters and so on, but you're always asking yourself, how does this chapter contribute in the entire book that I'm reading? And then forcing yourself to say, well, okay, where is this book that I'm reading in the plan of God, right? Uh, forcing yourself to ask that question, why is it here? How does this book contribute to the entire plan? Where are we locating this in terms of the unfolding of uh, plan and history? And then always finishing with this book, especially the Old Testament, right? How do these books lead us to Christ? How do we read them now in light of what he has done for us. So, you know, if you think of, say, Leviticus, which isn't always a proper, uh, you know, devotional book for most Christians. Not a, not right? a devotional favorite, right? <laughs> but Leviticus is is rich. In a, it's, it's part of 2 Timothy right. 3. It's all scripture that is it's for good. our instruction. So we read Leviticus as it is located in the Old Covenant, as it functions in the first five books, the Pentateuch. Uh, but we then say, all right, that's, you know, it's given to the nation of Israel under that covenant. But we now, in light of Christ, are under the new covenant. Mm. So that we can't just sort of take Leviticus passages and say, go to the priest in Jerusalem or something, or go to the tabernacle sure. and do that. No, of course, the book of Hebrews helps us here. We read it in light of its fulfillment in Christ that even Leviticus was pointing forward. It was prophetic. It was anticipating. So we read and apply Leviticus to us. Does, does Levit Leviticus apply to us today? Yes, but it applies to us in light of that to which Christ has brought about in light of the fulfillment. And that principle then is worked through the entire reading of Scripture uh, so that we you know, carefully read whole books. We think through where is this book in terms of God's plan and then always finish up by saying, how, as a Christian living under the new covenant, how do I now apply this to me uh, in light of the whole Bible? And that's how it makes us better Bible readers. So constantly reading scripture over and over again, you know, get on a reading plan where you know, minimally you're reading scripture once a year, right? Uh, we have those often in January that we do, but the best way you can understand what scripture is saying is to know it well, right? Yeah. Uh, not parts of it, but all of it. And then wrestling with, um, you know, how does it fit? Keep saying, this is God's word. It's part of one plan. It, I, I've got to think through carefully how even the census accounts and numbers are functioning uh, in this context and then in light of Christ. And, and, and then, of course, our local churches help us, right? Our good preaching, uh, you know, an exposition of scripture, uh, the reading of books. That's why we publish Christ from beginning to end to help people. And those are helps, but it's never a substitute for reading scripture yourself over and over and over again. 
I think that's really good practical wisdom for how to read and interact with and and apply, ultimately apply the scriptures to our life. And you can purchase a copy of Christ from Beginning to End, How the Full Story of the Scripture Reveals the Full Glory of Christ at any major online retailer, including Amazon, Lifeway, ChristianBook.com, or wherever you buy your books. You can also find out more about Dr. Wellam or Southern Seminary at the seminary's website, sbts.edu. Dr. Wellam, this has been a helpful and enjoyable conversation. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for asking me. And I I really hope that it it helps people and all of us know, know scripture better and know God better. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.